Well, good morning and welcome on this Sunday morning. Glad that you're with us here today as we come in and find our places. I hope that uh, you'll be made, first of all, to feel welcome. Uh, my name is Adam Love. I'm the senior pastor here at Grace, and we're overwhelmed by uh, the, the sense of God's grace and compassion to us many times, and also the opportunity to be able to celebrate with you, to share as a church family what God has been doing, and we come together to this, the beginning of a new year. Happy New Year. And it's amazing to think about what has transpired in the last year and uh, what God has been doing, what he's been teaching us and anticipating uh, not just lessons to be learned, but opportunities to take what we have learned and use them for his glory in the days ahead. So we welcome you here today and uh, looking forward to worshiping with you uh, this morning. A few things a little bit different today. As you'll notice, we started a little bit later, uh, but uh, next Sunday, everything gets back into our normal schedules as uh, we uh, kick ourselves out of vacation mode and remind ourselves that uh, there is a life still to be lived. And uh, so we'll get back into normal routine. So next Sunday, again, 9.30 is our morning service. Then the fellowship time in between 11 o'clock is our time of, of discipleship hour, which is what we're meeting in here in this hour today. Again, today, our, our Sunday is what we would also call for our children, our family's big church Sunday. This is a way for us to use some of these Sundays through our calendar year to uh, give us opportunity to let our children come in and be a part of this time together with us as adults. And uh, so you, you'll hear a few little ones, little voices every once in a while asking a question. It's great. All right. We love doing this. And I hope that uh, if you see maybe a busy mom or dad in a pew beside you and they're trying to pass the crayons down, you go ahead and help them. Okay. And uh, just take part in that. But uh, we do have a nursery if you need that, uh, that is available for our little ones. And, uh, but looking forward to worshiping together here today. Again, no activities tonight, and uh, so make sure that you uh, recognize uh, the day ahead and uh, enjoy uh, this New Year day, and hopefully enjoying that with family and friends, and are just getting an extra bit of rest, and uh, whatever this weekend affords for you. But uh, I know this next week, things kick back into gear, many of our students going back to school, and uh, different ones, and those traveling, and uh, just be in prayer one for another. A few quick reminders, and a few things to make sure that you're are aware of, and uh, we have uh, in front of us uh, the, the bulletin there, and, and uh, making sure that you recognize those different special emphasis on our, our uh, building, our giving campaign, as well as uh, these different special giving projects, Fede Leon's, McDowell's, Ukraine, Dominican Republic. These are some ways to uh, be encouraged in giving to some, um, some specific areas if you have opportunity to do so. And as far as giving, you can do that in multiple ways, and uh, that's uh, available. There are some stations that are located here at the back of the auditorium, also out in the foyer, and then online. There's a lot of other information about that. Uh, we want to also remind you that starting next Sunday, we have some new electives beginning in our discipleship hour. And uh, if you have any questions, Kelly, raise your hand. Okay, this is the guy right over here to talk with. Uh, if you're trying to figure out what it's about, where is it at, there's information in the back on the foyer, on the table back there. If you're wanting a little bit more detail, talk with him. And he will gladly fill you in on all of the details related to that. Uh, there are some other trips, there's some other events, and I'll let you take opportunity, a ladies retreat coming up here in this month uh, of January, and then also a ladies mission trip to the DR. Fellas, we're getting a little bit uh, outdone, we've got to get some things going, it looks like, get on our calendar. Uh, but at the same time, appreciate the work that uh, Camilla and other ones are doing in that regard. So make sure that uh, you take notice of those different things that are stated there, and uh, hopefully take part if you would. 
one other announcement that uh, I want to make sure that you're aware of, and that is, I'm, and I, I failed to get the pronunciation of the pronunciation of this, but Mary Chilcote, Chilcote, okay, Mary Chilcote um, passed away. And uh, her funeral is January the 3rd. That's Tuesday at 11 a.m. is when the visitation begins uh, and the service is at noon. And uh, just wanted to make sure that you are aware of that. Um, they're uh, posting that. There's some things happening there. Again, someone that I personally am not familiar with, but I know many within our church, especially those of you who have been here a while, are very familiar with this person. So uh, make sure that uh, if you have any questions about that, you can uh, talk with me. It is at the Heritage Funeral Home off of East Brainerd Road. And uh, if you have any other specific questions, talk with Pam, and uh, she, she knows all. I just That's the truth of the matter, all right? Uh, but uh, I know that she can help you out with any of those other questions you may have. Uh, one of the opportunities that we have as a church is to uh, host and to send forth and to share in a global mission. For the last several months, we've had the pleasure of having one of our missionaries with us, Melissa Baccarella. And uh, Melissa, I'm going to ask if you would to come here this morning. And uh, she is departing uh, this week, heading back to Pennsylvania to drop off a car wrap up things uh, at the headquarters of ABWE and then is flying back into Italy. And uh, we have so enjoyed having her around with us these last few weeks and uh, months. And I just want to take a moment and uh, just have us be reminded of not just her face, but the fact that this is a person that we have sent out. This is our missionary. She, she's ours. And we take great joy in that. At the same time, we feel the weight of responsibility, and uh, I just appreciate the work that God is allowing her to do in working with the Kleises there in Italy and uh, in Casale, and uh, just really encouraged by what uh, the Lord has been doing. She's finishing up the PhD, yes. and uh, yes, uh, she's, she's actually a little more springy than when she got here, you know, she's, uh, and that's, that's a great milestone. So I just want to take a minute as we open our time in prayer, but also to just pray specifically for Melissa and to ask the Lord to bless her in her travels, but also in the next, this next uh, part of her ministry. And uh, there are some changes, there are some things that are always happening, and I uh, just want to be a part of that. So if you would join with me in your hearts and minds as we pray and open our service, as well as praying for Melissa. Father, we're grateful for the morning. Grateful for the servants that you called into places that were not able to go, but Lord, you're sending people like Melissa. I thank you for her. I thank you for her determination, her leadership, her commitment, and Lord, her resolve to follow you and abandon her life to your glory. And I praise you for uh, her testimony, and I pray that you'll just give her grace and strength in these days. Lord, protect her as she travels to Pennsylvania the next day or two, and I pray that you'll help her as she wraps up there and then heads back into Italy. And Lord, give her strength, give her wisdom, and Lord, just give her a mind as uh, she serves you in ways, Lord, that are creative and trying to reach the hearts of people that are just so distant and removed from any consciousness of you. So speak, Lord, through her, we pray. Lord, I pray now that you'll bless our service, our time here this morning. And may you be honored and glorified in everything that we do, the singing of our songs to the declaration of your word, the time of our fellowship, 
Lord, as we minister together to one another, may we bring the comfort that you have comforted our hearts with and share it with others. May you be the source of our hope. So pray now that you will watch over those who are away from us. We pray for those who are not well. We pray for families that are grieving during this time, and we pray for those who are rejoicing. Maybe the birth, a wedding, a season of starting anew and fresh. Lord, we anticipate what 2023 could possibly mean. Lord, not just in the sense of, uh, Lord, the, the political waves and not just in the sense of, Lord, the, uh, the physical, but Lord, in the spiritual. Lord, we anticipate what you can do because with you all things are possible. So I pray now that you'll bless our time here this morning and may we be encouraged that it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Melissa. Let's stand together if you would, and we're going to open our time here this morning, and Fred and Tina are away from our services here today, but grateful for Scott and Bethann, and praise the Lord for help that uh, gives so willing of their time. And looking forward as we sing together, as we share in the grace of our God, and enjoy what God has in store for us today. Let's start beginning worship to our Lord this morning. Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace over all victorious in his bright increase. Perfect yet it floweth fuller every day. Perfect yet it groweth deeper all the way. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as He promised perfect peace and rest. Every joy or trial falleth from above, traced upon our dial by the Son of Love. We may trust Him fully, all for us to do. Trust Him wholly, find Him wholly true. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as He promised perfect peace and rest. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as He promised, perfect peace and rest. See that. 
in the light of creation's grand design in the lives of those who prove his faithfulness who walk by faith and not by sight by faith our fathers roam the earth with the power of his promise in their hearts of a holy city built by God's own hand a place where peace and justice reign we will stand as children of the promise we will fix our eyes on him our souls reward till the race is finished and the is done we'll walk by faith and not by sight by faith the church was called to go in the power of the spirit to the lost to deliver and to preach good news in every corner of the earth. We will stand as children of the promise. We will fix our eyes on him, our soul's reward, till the race is finished and the work is done we'll walk by faith and not by sight by faith the mountain shall be moved and the power the gospel shall prevail for we know in Christ all things are possible for all who call upon his name we will stand as children of the promise we will lift our eyes on him our souls reward is finished and the work is done we'll walk by faith and not by sight we'll walk by faith and not by sight Precious cornerstone, sure foundation, you are faithful till the end. You are praising on you, Jesus. We believe you're all.
of your name be the passion of the church let the righteousness of god be the holy flame that burns let the saving love of christ be the measure of our lives we believe you're all to us only son of god sent from heaven hope and mercy at the cross you are everything you're the promise Jesus you are all to us let the glory of your name be the passion of the church let the righteousness of God be the only blame that burns let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives we believe you're all to us let the glory of your name be the passion of the church let the righteousness of God be the holy flame that burns let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives we believe you're all to us you're Thank you, Bethann. I appreciate it. Good to hear you sing. John chapter 1, if you would, please. Take your Bibles. Go to the Gospel of John. John chapter 1. Entering into this new year. And why not start at the beginning? And thinking about the concept of the break of dawn as we think about what is about to come into this new year together and this thought that John begins with here in this first chapter. In reading that first verse, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's a simple statement, isn't it? But there's a lot that is said within those few words, and something to deal with the concept of what began 
in the beginning. And before we get into that, let's have a word of prayer. Let's talk about these things and think upon these things as we begin to think about what a new year would mean for our lives. Father, I praise you for the opportunity to sing the songs that we've sung and the contemplative nature of each one of those, Lord, to beg the question of what our role is and who you are in relationship to our walk in our daily existence, and then to understand how the mutual relationship between you and I, Lord, how it changes our focus and changes our perspective on the needs of others and those around us. Lord, the entrance into this year for some has been burying loved ones in this last few weeks. And for some, it's the birth of a grandchild or the birth of their own child. For others, it's the weddings, it's the anticipations, it's the graduations, and all these things that come as a year turns the page and we begin again in a fresh start on a calendar year. So I pray that you'll help us as we think about the beginning of these things that, Lord, we would also appreciate where we've come from and where we're going. Lord, I pray that you'll teach us what we need this morning, and it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. When I was in college, I used to work for the school's security team, and my shift in those later years as I was working there was the 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. shift, the most ungodly time of day. And it's one of those events where many a morning, and this is in northern Wisconsin, way up there in uh, just south of the Canadian border, and it was cold most of the school year. And I can remember being out there, and my job on those cold northern Wisconsin days would be to go around checking buildings, make sure they were still locked. And the biggest thing we used to have to deal with is make sure the skunks didn't get into the kitchen. So that was a big to-do. But I would go around, and then it would get to a certain point of the day where it was then time to start unlocking the buildings and making sure the classrooms are unlocked and places were ready to be accessed for the students and the staff and different ones. And there were many things that marked, though, the movement of time. And and you get from a 4 a.m. to an 8 a.m., and there is still that very dark, dark point in the middle of the night, the early morning. And then you're watching that sun begin to crest and begin to just start to gray the sky a little bit. And most of the time, we didn't see the sun. We just knew it was up there because the clouds just got a little bit brighter. That's how we used to know it. And, but yet there was that little point in time where it was like it was so black and dark. And then it was like the, the light would just begin to come up a little bit more, a little bit more. Affectionately known as the break of dawn. And that thought of this moment in time, uh, you know, it's something about that, that point in time and the breaking of the, the, the dawn era, that, era, that point in time is a realization. There are a few things that began to always become realized in that period of time was that, first of all, my shift was about done. That was always a pleasant thought. And thinking about then, always thinking about that time frame too, is that it seemed like the air temperature always changed a little bit. It was always so much colder right before the dawn would take place. As soon as the dawn hit, it was like the air temperature just went up a few degrees. The sense of foreboding. There would be some nights, I'll tell you right now, I'm doing security work on a very empty campus where you know there's hundreds of people living, but there's not a soul out there. It can get a little creepy. And there was something else that happened when the dawn began to happen. 
it was like a little bit of that foreboding and that creepiness began to ebb away and to move away. The sense of the fear and the uneasiness of that. And in much the same way, John introduces his book as the book of Genesis did in the beginning. It's this point of time. The the Greek language that's used here seeks to capture much of the same tone that the meaning of the Hebrews does in in the book of, of Genesis. In beginning, it's this concept of in a moment, in a place, in a situation, in a circumstance, something changes. Our English adds some of the the definitiveness here, but really what this phrase is saying, in beginning was the word. And the movement moves moves very quickly. The word is the focus. This is where we're going to. And this is the whole point of that first verse. In the beginning was the word. We, We rush to that realization. This is who we're here to talk about. This one, this focus is upon all of these thoughts, the, 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 the person, this entity known as the Word. But it all has a place, it all has a purpose, and it all has a sense of priority. And that is what's captured in those first few words there, in the beginning. I want to look at that little simple statement this morning and think about what John does with beginnings. Look at what John is doing to frame the work of God, the person of Christ, the position that's held at the beginning as he introduces his book. Three thoughts I want us to look at quickly here this morning. First of all, this one, the beginning as it relates to origin. When we talk about the word beginning here in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created, and here in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word. And what is interesting is that the concept of beginnings is less about time and more about origination. And why is it, though, that we as humans think of things like origination within the framework of time? Why do we think of a beginning as more to do with time? Because I think we understand ourselves as limited by it and controlled by time. We have a beginning and we steadily march towards the ending of our existence. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, Word. This is not about time as much as it is about the idea of origination. Sure, time for the world and for us began when God created, but the stress here is upon the fact that God was there when it all began. The Word was there when it all began. It is His doing. He began it at the beginning. God did not come into being because of man's need to satisfy some weakness in his DNA. In fact, we understand that God caused the DNA to exist. That's the uniqueness of where we find God in this situation. In the circumstance that is described as in the beginning, God was already there. I like how Frederick Godet wrote in his commentary when he said this. He says, when everything which begun began, the word was... Now that which did not begin with things, that is to say with time, the form of the development of things belongs to the eternal order. Okay, so why is this so significant? Because we still think so much as a timepiece. We judge our lives based upon the expense of our time and the investment of our resources as they fit within the quantifiable breadth of our days. And John introduces us to eternal factors. He reminds us of our origins and that we need to be reminded 
of this God who could not only create the life that we experience, but create a new life that would come about because of the one that would be here to destroy the sin to be the conqueror over that. And he is putting us in a framework of understanding in the beginning, in not just a creative sense of a Genesis 1-1, but in a new creation sense, as a John 1-1 would indicate, we have ourselves an opportunity to begin afresh and anew because Christ is now on the scene. And that is where John is going to lead us to when he takes us to John chapter 3 and he asks us to be born again. Life at its origin begins with God. So thinking about that in relation to your existence, what is then the origination of your life, your heartbeat, your focus? And if we are not careful, we become so enamored with what is temporary and what is temporal that turning the calendar year from 22 to 23 bothers a lot of people. To get another birthday on the horizon bothers a lot of people. To think about ourselves in the framework of our existence and our time can become then the challenge of appreciating that we are eternal beings. Why? Because we were created by an eternal God. So what is my existence upon this earth? if not just an opportunity to display the eternal nature of God. Now that leads me to a second point that the word or the phrase in the beginning speaks to. Not only in the sense of how it relates to our origin, but notice with me, second of all, beginning as it relates to authority. In the beginning. The word that's used here, arche in the Greek, is very similar to the Hebrew word racid, and it has the idea of that which comes first. It is the same Greek word that Paul will use later on in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18 to refer to Christ when he says, he is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. There is a sense of preeminence that is attached a position of authority, the designer over the creation that has the right to demolish what he has created and start again if he chooses to do so. It's his right. It's his prerogative. It speaks to the authority of the intellectual property. And in this case, the one who spoke the very matter into existence as the building block for all of that is visible in our creation. It is God's prerogative to do with it as he chooses to do with it. The struggle is that the creation has plagiarized the original creator. They have abused the expression of God. The created has sought to remove the position of authority that belongs to the creator. And therefore we have created the American dream. We pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We've come to a position in our thinking that we can do it and we can exist and we can live outside of God's authority. And that's exactly what led Adam in Genesis chapter 3 to abandon everything that God had instructed to put himself in a position to say that I cannot just become equal, I could potentially be like God. And so John grabs that thought, not just the Genesis 1-1 of creation, but he brings again, in the beginning was the word. God was already there, not just in the sense of origination, the cause of it. The word was there, and he speaks it into existence. 
The significance of this is the position that we seem to want to hold. And what John does in his gospel is to point out the truth of the word over and over and over again. He reminds his readers of the position, the preeminence of Christ over anything and everything that they could be pursuing. The religiosity, the political fray. He, he talks about the, all the things that mankind, the, the, the immoralities and the, 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 the pursuits of everything in life. And he points and brings them back to, again, who is this one, this word that is spoken. The breaking of darkness as God did when he separated the dark from the light, day from night, as he did back in Genesis. God sent himself here in John 1. God came as the authority on the subject matter of mankind. God knows who you are. He created you. And the word comes with authority. And how many times do we read in the Gospels how Jesus would speak as one having authority? And it's because he could speak to the heart of every human person. He could address the need of everything that's going on inside of mankind. God could speak with authority to what you needed the most. And the same was in the beginning with the Father. This one who stood at the dawn of time, outside of time, not bound by time, but transcended time to become what we needed in time. In the beginning, Jesus was there, and now as John puts it, he was here. And so Jesus becomes the authority to speak to our greatest needs, and he has the right to speak. So have you heard him? Have you listened to him? One more point that is made about this beginning. Not only the sense of origin, not only the sense of authority, but third, beginning as it relates then to purpose. When you think about a beginning, a beginning speaks of a process. It speaks of a state of being. Things are moved from the ethereal, from the conceptual, to now action is brought to bear. Action is put into place. Something now comes into being and a, a duration of time commences. So a beginning point marks something that, yes, we think of it as a, a linear process, but really it's speaking of something has commenced. Something is now in existence. Something now must be dealt with. Something has begun. Again, the emphasis is less on the time, but more on the result of a decision, of a movement to act. And it's like what we would find in Genesis 1 again, God spoke. In Genesis 1, that little phrase, God said, is used eight times throughout Genesis chapter 1. And it's like what John does is he takes all of that thought and he wraps it up in one statement here. In the beginning was the word. This living, eternal word, spoken and speaking. It is the purpose of God that time has revealed. It is the work of God that history has shown. It is the testimony of God's own activity. In the beginning, God creates, but now in this point of beginning, God sends himself. God has come as the living word. In the beginning, Kostenberger put it this way, he says, the Genesis creation, the accounting there, the Genesis creation account establishes the effectiveness of God's word. He speaks and things come to pass. 
And yet only John claims that this word has appeared as an actual person, Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, as a comprehensive Christological designation, that just simply means a, a way of identifying Jesus Christ. The expression, the word, encompasses Jesus' entire ministry, placing all of Jesus' works and words within the framework of both of his eternal being and existence and God's self-revelation and salvation history. John basically dives right in He says, let me tell you about the one who will come to impact the world. And John never forgot the impact of this reality. He would go on to talk about in John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, in the epistle that he would write. He says in verse 1, what was from the beginning, what we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes and what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us that we have seen and heard. We proclaim to you also that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Later on in his apocalyptic writing in the book of Revelation, John wrote in Revelation 1.5, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And later on in verse 8, he declares, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. In the beginning was the word. All of this is about a purpose for Christ's coming. It's about a purpose for our lives and for our future. Jesus did not have to come. There was nothing duty bound for him to come. He chose to come. And when he came, a beginning took place. Something happened because Christ landed upon our earth. The future of every person is dependent upon their relationship with this God. You talk about a future beyond 2023, a future beyond just today. And all of that is dependent upon the integrity, the character, the plan, the purpose of God. And it has more to do with what is beyond this earth than what is on it. This is revealed through the person of Jesus Christ. D.A. Carson points out, that John traces his account of Jesus farther back than the beginning of the ministry, farther back than the virgin birth, farther back even than the creation. The account must reach back to the eternal divine word, God's agent in creation and the fount of life. And what John does is he doesn't start with Abraham. He doesn't start with Adam. He doesn't even start at a point where Things are in existence. He goes all the way back into eternity and he says, even before there was a beginning, because he could then be present at the beginning, in the beginning was the And that's my Savior. That's my Lord. That's my God. 
Jesus comes to offer life. He comes to offer light. Jesus brings the dawn into a world that is cold and dark. It's Jesus who is shining light upon the darkness that sin has now covered upon the face of this earth. He is the one who shines through the perpetual gloom and doom. It is through him that we find hope and life, something eternal to hold on to, not something that is always just like sand through the fingers. See, Jesus has a purpose in our lives more than just simply being an icon or some religious movement. Jesus is the hope for our days today and our hope for our days tomorrow. And as the dawn breaks onto the next year of our existence, what will be revealed in this coming year? And I want to ask you a couple very pointed questions that I want you to think about as you begin to move into 2023. I want you to think, first of all, how would you answer this? What place does the word Jesus have in your daily life? What is his role in his existence as the origin, as the authority, as the purpose bringer of my life? Do I seek him to lead in my life, or is he just there to exist in it? What place does he have? Do you find that Christ just seems to impede your plans, or is he the origination of your plans? Having this unique relationship with God, does it seem like it just keeps getting in the way of all the fun that you want to have? Is it that your days would be better off if he was just more to the side and allowed you to have the freedom to exist? Sometimes we don't really want to answer that bluntly or boldly, but I think so many times we can come to a point like we are at this point in our life, and we come to the close of one year, anticipate the beginning of the next, and we can look back upon, whether it's through Facebook or Instagram or all the other fancy doodle things that they want to slap pictures onto, and you can account for your life, but how much of your life has been accountable to God? So what role will he have in 2023? What will this next year see you accomplishing as the purpose of God through Jesus as he is accomplishing more things through your life, in your life? Here's another question I want you to answer. Who will be leading, who will be your leading authority in this year? And so it's not just understanding his role in my life, not just understanding the situation of his being seen and visible in my life, but okay, who is going to be the leading authority in my life? Is it Google? Is it some statistical average that comes out from the government? Is what is it now that's popular on the news waves? that's telling us how we're supposed to believe and how we're supposed to respond and how we're supposed to treat each other and how I'm supposed to look at myself, how I'm supposed to exist, who becomes the leading authority in your life? What of the new creation that God has been at work creating in you is going to be seen in this new year? Where the old things are passing away, the new things are becoming more and more evident as God is transforming you because he is transfixing you upon not just his presence, but upon his written word, upon the integrity of what his word has for me to hear and to read and to study and to know so that I can answer the world that is still in their darkness and in their fear and in their indecision in a place where they don't have hope, in a place where they don't understand truth. Is that who we're turning to to find the resolution of our hearts? So what is your New Year's resolution going to be? What of this written word will you seek to let lead you to the living word 
And we think about it, this is so much of what John is addressing here, letting the dawn break over our lives in a very intentional way this year, and let it begin in the beginning. And for some of you, that might mean that today is your beginning point. Then get started. If you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, then seek someone out to find who he is. What is the gospel, the good news? It's hope. It's truth. It's the answer to every longing need of every soul. It's what comes next. Let's no longer live in the darkness. Let's let Christ shine. Let's stand together for a word of prayer. Father, I pray as we think about the anticipation of your authority in our life, the the place, the position of your person in our existence, Lord, may you be clear and seen as the author, the authority, the one that has the right to speak into my need. We have so many young people struggling in this day and age, and they're overwhelmed by fear because the world around them that has no answers is speaking into their ears with a convoluted message, and there is no hope. And we have parents that are trapped trying to help our young people because they want to join with them and encourage them and they shift away from the truth and they don't allow the truth to rule in their hearts and there's no grace in that. There's no mercy. There's no hope. There's no deliverance. Then our grandparents are left struggling with wondering what did we teach our younger generations? Or we need to come back to the truth. We need to come back to your word. We need to let it speak. We need to be letting it be the beginning point of hope. Lord, I thank you for the right that you have to speak to our needs as the greatest authority on the subject matter of humanity. And so, Lord, I pray that we would let you take the lead, that you would be seen and heard in our lives. May you be glorified and magnified as the day spring of hope that rises within our hearts. And Lord, give us a great year Lord, I doubt this will be an easy year. But Lord, let it be a year that's great because you are greatly seen. And it's in Christ's name we pray. As we close our invitation time this morning, uh, my thoughts went to, as a regional director for Asia and Europe, um, I have two countries in my realm of influence that are in wartime. And Myanmar and Ukraine are having a difficult time. But oftentimes we don't think of the battle, the spiritual battle that we are in. And this song that we're going to close with today is a challenge to us to arise. As Pastor pointed out to us, what is the word? How is that going to affect us every day? How is, is this the authority that we want in our lives? And we know when we're in battle, we listen to those who are in authority. And so as we sing this song, may, this, may these words grip your heart this morning and be a challenge to us. Oh, church, arise. Oh, church, arise and put your armor on. 
Hear the call of Christ our Captain, for now the weak can say that we are strong. In the strength of God has given, with shield of faith and belt of truth, we stand against the devil's lies, an army bold whose battle cry is love, reaching out to those in darkness. Our call to war, to love the captive soul, but to rage against the captor, and with the sword that makes the wounded whole, we will fight with faith and valor. When faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure, and Christ will have the prize for which he died, an inheritance of nations. Come see the cross where love and mercy meet, as the Son of God is stricken, then see his foes crushed beneath his feet, for the conqueror is risen, and as the stone is rolled away, and Christ emerges from the grave, this victory march continues till the day, every high and heart shall see him, so spirit come, put strength in every stride, give grace for every hurdle, that we may run with faith to win the prize of a servant good and faithful, as saints of old still Have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you in this new year.